Welcome to the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. Covenant people understand honor even when they have been hurt. Hi, this is Keith Tusi, and welcome to Leadership in Context. We're doing a series on the subject of what does covenant look like. I actually did a full-length message on this at our NRP Band of Brothers Conference, and for you guys that were there, uh, many of you there, we had about 500 guys there. What a tremendous time we had together. Uh, You can go to our webpage, and you can listen to that whole message. Of course, uh, a message in person and live is different than a message I'm doing here in the podcast, but I'm breaking up these points into bite-sized portions. So if this is something you enjoy, you think speaks to your heart, you might want to hear the live version of it as well. It's a little bit longer, of course. But I want you to go to 2 Samuel with me and the ninth chapter. And I want to read just one verse of scripture there. In our next uh, podcast, I'm going to go to the same chapter and read some more verses. But just the first one, then David said, is there yet anyone left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? You know, what you've got to realize is that years have passed since David has been on the run from Saul. It's taken him about 15 years to really knock all the enemies down and for him to really sit on the throne that was promised him. So a lot has happened. And it's interesting to me that this is the second question that David asks once he regains power. The first question is, can I build a house for God? The second question he asks is, what can I do? Is there anybody left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? You know, what's really interesting to me here is that he does not omit Saul. Very interesting. He could have said, is there anybody, you know, from Jonathan's house? But he went back and he talked about Saul. Now, remember the relationship he had with Saul. Uh, he served Saul, he loved Saul, he honored Saul, he could have taken Saul out, he refused to do it, uh, but yet Saul was nothing but in, showed nothing but ingratitude to David, was insanely jealous of David, promoted himself above David, uh, just really uh, did not understand the hand of God. There was a spiritual blindness. And let me just say this. Sometimes when you see that happening and you see a lot of egos happening, a lot of flesh happening, uh, you know, it's not just a personality you're dealing with. There really is a dimension of spiritual blindness when it comes to kingdom because, you know, God delights to promote other people through us, to for us to defer and to honor others among this. And, you know, even when those people have been uh, not so kind to us. I don't think any of us in the ministry uh, that have had wild and crazy things happen to us could go as far as to say that we've had things like Saul, where Saul lied about us, turned his back on us, threw spears at us, tried to kill us, uh, withheld you know our rightful inheritance from us. I mean, it was pretty bad. Uh, But, you know, this question really reveals a lot about David's heart. Is there anybody from the house of Saul? And by the way, you know, a 
Man's questions often reveal more about him than even his answers. I know when I was younger and in more insecure in ministry that, you know, I, I like strive to always have the right answer. Like, you know, what's the what's the right verse? What's the right answer? You know, when I when I would be around people that were more senior than me, what I call SBW, spiritual bigwigs, you know, I, I wanted to wax eloquent. I wanted to show them what I had under the hood. I, I wanted to have the right answer. And I guess there's nothing wrong with wanting to, you know, put your best game on, so to speak, and, you know, be at your best. But a lot of that, quite frankly, in me was just insecurity. Uh, and sometimes, you know, just the need to want to be right. So a person's questions, I think, often are more revealing than even his answers are. And I think we ought to be men that are known just for not having great answers, but men and uh, women, for that matter, that are known for having great questions. You know, Gideon had a great question. If the Lord be with us, where be his miracles? You know, that, that was a great question. And uh, I think coming up with some great questions sometimes will lead us to some really, really great answers. But I want to go back to the Saul issue here, okay? Is there anybody from the house of Saul? You know, there is no cancel culture in the Bible. There is no cancel culture in great people's lives and there is no cancel culture in great cultures' lives. What do I mean by that? That our lives are dotted with flawed people who God still uses, okay? Our life is dotted, our history is dotted, our circumstances dotted with imperfect people who have great understanding, maybe, and great revelation in one area, but yet can be devoid in another area. That's why we need one another. That's why we need the body of Christ. I mean, you know, in my mind, I think George Washington was a great man. There are so many great sacrificial things about him, yet he was a slave owner. How could that be? And you have to remember, too, there were different philosophical ideas about slaves. Uh, you know, you take Jefferson and Washington that both owned slaves. I think if you understand them and and you, you comprehend their writings, they had two completely different philosophies about it. But uh, I wouldn't justify either one. But the issue here is, is you had somebody that was incredible, yet they had a major flaw in their life. You can't just take American history and pretend like George Washington didn't do something great. Instead, you need to look at it and say, oh my goodness, there was really a great man that had a tremendous blind spot. How about me? See, when you take real history out of our lives and you do cancel culture on it, then it takes away your kind of fear of the Lord to want to do the right thing. How about John Wesley? John Wesley was a, a great theologian, one of my favorites, uh, for sure. You know, great man that shook nations, but yet when it came to church government, I mean, he had such a an incredible flaw. He, he wanted his followers to stay faithful and stay loyal to the Church of England, a state-run church where, where the king, you know, had the, had the last word. I mean, that's a pretty major theological error for somebody who had such unbelievable revelation and somebody who served so incredibly selfish, selflessly, somebody who gave their whole life to the gospel. How could they have that flaw? 
And my point is this, if we take those people out, if we take flawed people out and we don't learn from them, then there could be a presumption that because we're right in a certain area, we're right in every area. And quite frankly, I meet people like this all the time. God uses them in one area. They read their own press clippings. They get a couple attaboys, and they think they're beyond reproof, not because in and of themselves, but they make this bad theological deduction that if God used me so great in one area, how could I be wrong in another area? Because you're human, because you're flawed, because you don't know everything. And because God didn't make you as just an individual person, he made you to be part of the body of Christ. Okay, so this second question David asked and the way he asked it is absolutely critical. I mean, while we're talking about it, how about King David? I mean, King David, come on. He had unbelievable leadership skills. He was a warrior. He was a man's man. He he knew how to get into the presence of God. But in spite of that, He had serious flaws. Oh, my goodness. And if we take those flaws out of the Bible, if we cancel that culture out, we do not learn. So here's the point I want to make about covenant people in today's podcast. Covenant people understand honor even when they're hurt. Even when they've been hurt, they still understand honor. David somehow had the grace and faith to talk about Saul. And by the way, this didn't just happen one time. You're going to see in later chapters, it happens more than one time. Obviously, he had a great relationship with Jonathan, but I think David understood something. If there is no Saul, there is no Jonathan. And, you know, the Bible gives us an example. Honor your mother and father. Doesn't say to agree with them, And some of us have had mothers and fathers that maybe didn't do so great of things, maybe even did harm to us or other people. But you know what? We wouldn't be here without them. We didn't come out of a vacuum tube. We didn't come off the shelf of Walmart. We would not be here without them. Honor to them, honor is due, even when they were not honorable. Why would it be a command to pay honor to somebody if they were indeed honorable all the time? This is a covenant reality. And by the way, this is how God relates to his church. He does not throw us overboard. He continues to redeem us. Very interesting, isn't it? So I want to leave you with this thought. What good questions are you asking? And how's your honor meter? Are you able to show honor to people that have actually hurt you? Are you able to understand that even though there are very flawed people out there, that some of them have still done great things and we need to learn from them so that we don't assume because we've accomplished something that we're beyond failure? Hey, this is Keith Tusi. Why don't you share this podcast with somebody? Get a couple friends to start listening Uh, with you and pass it on to somebody. Lord bless you. Today, Keith continued his discussion on what covenant looks like. Covenant people go beyond. Covenant people sense an obligation to the third party. Covenant people are concerned about justice and righteousness. And covenant people understand honor, even when they have been hurt. Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tusi. Join us next week as Keith continues the series and continues to put leadership truths in the context of the local church. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. For show notes or to ask Keith a question, email podcast at innerpastors.com. If you would like more information, you can check out our website, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram at innerpastors. See you next week.